Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, and we've created a platform for uh, athletes and other uh, alumni to network and connect within their affinity groups. And this show we've created to uh, teach and aspire athletes that there is life after sports. Athlete transition out of sports is a major problem today between mental health, financial literacy. So we interview uh, former collegiate and professional athletes and talk about their journey. And today we're really excited to have Carly Lutz on. How you doing, Carly? Hi, Rob. So great to be here. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. It's it's a pleasure. So Carly was a, uh, a distance runner, which is near and dear to me. I've had, I was also, a tra- a run, I ran track and cross country in high school and college. So we kind of had that connection. We've had a few others on, so it's, it's nice to have that. Uh, she was at University of San Diego. And then once she got out of college, she got a little bit into uh, the marketing and sales space. And it's kind of parlayed that into a career in events and community marketing. And so she's starting a uh, started a business just recently, uh, you know, starting to build a client base. Uh, so uh, first question I always ask Carly is talk about uh, playing sports growing up and how that shaped you leading up to high school and then college. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thank you for the inter- introduction as well. Uh, I Sports have been a big part of my life really since I was a toddler. Um, I remember the first time I even went out in nature, like on a trail, my parents took me camping. I like rolled around and ran around. So my mom's like, you were always, um, you were always like super excited to get out in nature and like move your body. So, um, I started specifically running around fourth and fifth grade and that kind of transition into middle school that can be so painful for a lot of us. Um, I had grown up with my dad being a triathlete, um, doing a lot of like trips centered around, um, running, swimming, biking with his friends. And he was always a coach of my sports. My parents were always big proponents of, of trying something once. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. But around kind of that pivot moment when I was going into like, you know, tweens and entering into high school, I really took to running. Um, and that was kind of the part of every other aspect of sports was just, I could really breathe and, um, go for long distances. So it became really apparent, um, around eighth grade and then into high school, um, that that was kind of the direction where I wanted to focus a lot of my athleticism, um, in that space. So it was a combination of things, but I really started to feel most empowered, most connected to the running community when I got to high school. And I was like, these are my people, you know, these, the cross country kids, um, and meeting up after school running from everything in blistering heat, um, in the suburbs of Northern California, you know, to in the rain and, and doing mud runs, I just fell in love with it. So. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, it's great. I mean, I experienced a lot of that too, as far as the teamwork and just, just really liking the social aspect too. Um, and then talk about a little bit um, about that kind of the skill set that you feel like that helped uh, that you developed by, you know, through your running career. Yeah, I think, you know, it started, I, once I knew I was really into running for myself. It wasn't someone telling me, you know, you have to get up to practice. You have to go to morning, you know, morning, um, camp. I remember a coach told me my first really great coach, Tim Hunter at, um, San Ramon Valley high. He had said, he's, he's like, you know, Carly, if you, if you come every day this summer, you'll be our top, you'll be our top runner going into, you know, your sophomore, junior year. Like I, he's like, if you come every day and I was like, okay, I'm showing up every day. And I didn't really question it. I didn't think twice about it. It was just this like kind of inherent 
consistency that a good coach kind of said, if you show up, if you put in the work, like you can do this. Like I I see the potential in you. Um, so I had a really amazing coach and I also think I had this internal ability to kind of, um, not question consistency of showing up, um, and commitment. So I think that was like an early skill set I learned. And I saw the benefits of that payoff really early on when the next season I was, I made varsity. I was so excited. Um, I was nominated for team captain and just had that opportunity to like step into leadership. Um, and that was a really transformative time for me. And I learned so many leadership skills just around, Running is one of those great sports that's accessible to everyone. So being a really welcoming, um, kind leader became a really big skill set. I think I developed early on and that has just, I think, led me into um, kind of my leadership approach, you know, professionally, both going when when I was collegiate, um, but also outside of that as well. Yeah, that's great. And I think a a lot of, um, you know, talking to athletes, I mean, leadership is just a tremendous skill that's... um, that a lot of these athletes gain and something that, you know, moving forward in the future, they, they definitely benefit from. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, college. And one of the things I mentioned in, in the the prime reason for the show is um, just that whole transition out of sports. So whether it's transitioning out as a college athlete, as a professional athlete, obviously brings a lot of challenges. So when you were at school, were there programs um, there? And I don't mean just like a one day workshop, but were there programs that the school had in the athletic department to kind of help athletes and educate them in their future uh, after sports? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that that's something that has gotten a lot better since I was a student athlete. We had a a really supportive coach that always had an open ear that if you were struggling, you know, academically or, um, you know, finding a hard balance kind of wanting to eat between being a new college student and, you know, you know, maybe just finding that balance of, right. You're burning so many calories, but not knowing how to, um, kind of operate, you know, your own, your own, um, kind of way of being an adult, right. In college, it's your first time where you're, you're challenged really with that time management, um, and also being a lot more autonomous. Um, so in, in my experience, USD had, a lot of resources around women for our our health and just making sure that we were getting the nutrients we needed, um, that we were doing mental health checks. We actually did have, our our coach was pretty good about um, ensuring that. I I would also say that there was a a lot of potential and room for improvement. Um, We had a huge incoming freshman class, like 15 girls. So it was just a lot to manage in terms of numbers of of kind of um, people, I think, slipping through through the cracks a little bit of if you weren't in that top three to four. And as a college athlete, we had a really high turnover rate because people just didn't really feel um, like they had the support they needed. Whereas from what I've heard from friends that are now college athletes and at USD, there's a little bit more of a, a safety net in terms of, you know, you don't have to be number one um, just to get the support you needed. So that was one area where I think from, from just what I've heard, especially at smaller schools where budget is maybe a little bit tighter, that the focus is really on those, those top athletes. But I, I I'd like to think that that's changed and evolved where, you know, the whole roster of runners um, is kind of treated, right. Like a soccer team or a football team where like every position matters. Um, but that was one thing I think that's, that can be difficult for universities um, is, is to manage just the individual aspect of running um, 
So if that answers your question, it was a mix of both. There were some things that were really great around mental health and nutrition, but a lot of room for, you know, making us feel, I think more like we could support, we were supported as a team, not just at the top one, 1% was supported. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a ongoing thing. And I, and I think each team, you know, a lot of times, like you mentioned, your coach. So a lot of times if you got a good coach, they're kind of helping in that. Um, and, and we're looking to, you know, help, uh, you know, work with schools and work with athletic departments, either at the collegiate level or, or the, even the high school level to develop additional programs to what they have. So, I mean, they, each school has a different factor. And I think, like you said, some of it has to do with bandwidth, like on smaller schools that maybe they can't. So if we could provide some of those resources, not only the mental health, but even, you know, financial literacy, I mean, you talk about even, you know, if her athletes talk about balancing a checkbook, I mean, something that seems it would be simple, um, that might not necessarily be taught. So just trying to do that. I had one, one former guest talked about, he thought it would have been great if there was a, say a four week workshop or maybe even a, a, a semester class that athletes had to take, um, that they really had to focus on because, you know, a lot of times people have their blinders on, especially if you're a top notch athlete, you might not be paying attention to that kind of stuff, which ultimately could lead to the issues. Okay. Absolutely. And and that was something that I think that's a great thing to highlight. We didn't have a lot of like professional development support um, in regards to specific to athletes. Right. Um, I remember going to a lot of the career fairs and things that were, you know, generic to the whole student population that were great, but it would have been amazing as a collegiate athlete to have more programs for kind of that exit out. Right. Because, you know, a large percent of us as ex-athletes or collegiate athletes aren't going to transition into being pros. Um, and so that disillusionment, that kind of like sense of identity is going to hit us a lot harder um, because, you know, we're not, we're not prepared to lose that part of our identity that I was, I was an athlete in college. So it's a whole nother layer, layer of, um, I think of, of knowledge and preparation that um, like you said, what, what you're doing and, and, and a lot of leaders are doing to try to, try to provide athletes with more financial literacy, even just how to go into an interview and um, talk about those transferable skills um, because they, they do transfer over. I think as athletes, we just don't always know how to articulate them right out of school, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's a great point because a lot of times you'll talk to athletes and it's kind of like, I'm Carly, the runner, I'm Rob, the runner, I'm Joe, the football player, I'm uh, Billy, the swimmer. And they identify themselves at this as a sport, but it, they're a person that has many years ahead of them. So having these different opportunities are, are things that I think that are really important. So let's talk a little bit about um, alumni engagement. So this is something obviously important alumni direct is talk about did athletes, not just runners, but across all sports from what you saw, did athletes come back and not just for the golf tournaments and things like that or homecoming games, but did they come back and work with the athletes from more from a perspective of mentorship could be jobs, could be, again, the financial side of it, just, just, you know, career transition pointers. Did you see any of that when you were at school? And you mean from the school specifically, like from USD, like the alumni, alumni from yeah, yeah, alumni from USD coming back, uh, either from the school reaching out to them or maybe them reaching out to the school, but coming back to try to impact the current athletes. Yeah, that's a great question. In in my experience, you know, our women's team was, you know, I, I lived with my uh, teammates almost every year of college. 
Um, I stayed really connected to the girls that graduated, you know, one to two years in front of me. So they would come back. A lot of them were in San Diego. They'd come to our, our morning runs. So I still felt really connected to them and could kind of follow their journey, you know, one to two years out of college and, and hear those anecdotes from them about this is really difficult or yeah, I'm joining the Peace Corps and, and just in getting that word of mouth of, of, of putting ideas in my head of what's possible and what might be two years ahead. Um, one thing that was missing a bit was a larger network of more seasoned, um, you know, older alumni that I think could share their wisdom and have that feedback loop and that connection uh, be stronger. I think it, it could, there's so much room for improvement there, um, at least at, at my school. Um, I think especially with a lot of younger, smaller universities, right, that that it's a little bit different than a USC or a really big school that has a lot of alumni dollars around it, and right, specifically for the big name sports. Um, for a little bit smaller school, for a more niche sport, uh, you know, we really supported each other. I would say the athletes that were two to five years out, but in terms of a larger alumni network, it was hard to, or it is hard to find, um, you know, find that community for, I, I remember it being, you know, difficult for me to find that, you know, those older alumni that were maybe 10 or 15 years out when I was an undergrad. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's tough because an alumni network is great. And I think if um, you're right, every school is different and different, you know, the, the bigger schools, like you said, USC, Ohio state, I mean, they do a great job with that, but um you know, we want to help facilitate that. And I think just um, as an athlete or just people in general, you know, look to tap into that alumni piece because there's a lot of value and a lot of people are willing to help. And even like you mentioned, uh, the ones that are out a lot longer, folks like myself, uh, that want to give back and want to mentor if they have that opportunity. So uh, it's something people should definitely look at. Um, kind of springy off similar, but talk a little bit about uh, networking, connecting, um, kind of give some ideas on um, the importance of that uh, and how you see that from, you know, going, growing up through, you know, like where you're at today. Yeah, that's, it's such a, it's such an important skill, but I think everyone has to, or I've learned we have to approach networking in a way that feels natural and organic to us as individuals. I think I remember as a student athlete going to job fairs, you know, not sure exactly where, where I wanted to be and, and what career was going to be right for me. I, I would go to all the job fairs. I do the career fairs, but I would just feel really lost. I didn't even really know where to start. Um, you know, we do workshops on elevator pitches, things like that, but just those like more human relationships, um, that are that I think are withstanding right in networking where you plant a seed and then you keep that relationship for years versus, you know, just rapid firing your business card at a fair and maybe, you know, talking to one or two of those people after. Um, I think one thing that I found and, and realized that, you know, I think I would have loved to hear as a student athlete was that, you know, show up as yourself when you're at a networking event or just when you're talking to anyone really anyone but when you're talking to anyone that is doing something that sounds interesting to you right and take the pressure off yourself of it having to turn into a job opportunity or anything just be curious um ask questions people love curious young people um and i think i wish i had just gone in with 
taking a bit of pressure off myself. And I think nowadays I go into networking as like, I'm going to approach this conversation, um, being a little bit calmer, taking the pressure off myself, not feeling like I have to force some connection, but just like, wow, if I, if I really connect with this person, who knows that how that's going to come to fruition, you know, in, in the next, you know, six months, two years, 10 years, you know, I have people that I, I had some really great conversations with their coffee dates that, um, didn't come to fruition, maybe that first six months out of school, but that I checked in with six months later, a year later, just told them, Hey, here's what I'm up to now. And they're some of my business, biggest mentors, um, and even business partners like today. So I think, um, one piece I just think is, is for young people, networking doesn't have to be this thing that has a transactional benefit right away. You have to kind of be thinking long-term about who do I want to align with and, um, yeah, what people, what people resonate with me and, and, and then the ways to work together become clear from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That, that that's some great advice that you gave. And I, I think people, especially young people need to embrace it. And, you know, sometimes it can be scary, but I, I think you said some good things about planting a seed and being curious. And, you know, the other thing that I always, uh, kind of uh, talk about when I recommend, you know, good ways to network is, is having that kind of pay it forward spirit and just be open mm-hmm. to um, being curious about how maybe you can help that person out. Cause a lot of times people will get thrown off by that. Like you might have somebody that's super uber successful and you're saying, Hey, how can I help you? They're like, Oh, wow. Like really? I mean, it's just, it, it, it makes a lot of sense if they do that. And I, I think it's also, um, you know, I've talked to some agents where the best time they say to network and connect is when you're still playing. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't take that uh, advice. And so all of a sudden their career is over, whether it's collegiate or professional. And then if they didn't take those steps, it becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think th- being forward thinking and and identifying people that that you look up to, admire, uh, you know, people that... Yeah, people that are doing things that sound interesting to you and that you would want to be stepping into. I think that's a great point of looking at that and and, and instilling that in student athletes early of, hey, you don't have to have all the answers of what you want to do, but start looking at the people that are doing the things you want to do and make intentional efforts to connect with them, you know, and and ask them questions. And like you said, bring something to the to the table. I think that's a that's such a great thing of it's something I practiced of I'm like, Hey, I connected with this person. I actually think they'd be a great hire or would be a great speaker for you. Um, and not, not always, you know, having it be an ask of something you're looking for of, of actually, like you said, bringing, coming with some value that you can bring and establishing yourself almost as like a strategic partner or a thought leader in that space of, of, um, someone they can turn to just as much as, as you're going to turn to them. Yeah, that, 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 that's great. I mean, you you can definitely see that Carly gets it. She knows how to network and connect. So that that's awesome. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, NIL name image likeness. Now, I especially like to talk um, when I'm talking to younger folks like yourself, just to kind of get your opinion of it, both positive and negative. Yeah, I I think I think in terms of and Rob, just so I'm clear, are you talking about like like recent changes or just you know, scholarship, scholarships in general, uh, you know, can you clarify kind of what sure. you're looking for there? Yeah, no, more, more like just recent as far as um, not from a, a scholarship perspective, but more about just the opportunities that athletes are getting 
And, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of positives, but just talk about that, but then maybe some of the negatives too. And it could be an experience of either maybe athletes that you know that you work with or even yourself or people that were school when you're, I mean, NIL is new. So when you were in college, it wasn't there yet, but it's a, it's a newer phenomenon, but um, just, you know, your personal experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't something that affected me personally in my recruiting process uh, or, or collegiate career, but I will say, I think that, I think that it's really beneficial and making um, right, making it more accessible for student athletes to be able to compete and, um, and also, right. Like not just be, an athlete then that has nothing to come out of, right. That they can actually generate, um, some, you know, some support and wealth, right. And, and be an athlete while they're competing at a collegiate level. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to it. Um, yeah. And then did any kind of downside to it that you see? Rob, do you mind if we pause for a second? So one of the, the the other things that obviously the show is based on is, is talking about transitioning out of sport. So talk a little bit about your transitioning out of sport uh, and then giving advice to other athletes. Yeah, uh, I think the transition, the transition out of sports, I for me personally was was really difficult, and I think talking to a lot of other student athletes, it's also very difficult. Um, my, one of my last semesters of school, I actually left the cross country team, uh, a semester too early before graduating. I really wanted to, uh, explore Greek life and get into other clubs. And I was starting to get really into yoga and my yoga practice. And so our, my coach, you know, and was like, well, it's one or the other. You either do rush or you stay on the team. Um, and I made the decision to kind of exit out of the collegiate career while I was still in college, which I think for me made it maybe a, a little bit softer landing in that I was able to have that, that kind of cushion of still being a student and, uh, exploring, right. Like my identity, uh, which groups I wanted to fit in with. And I was able to, you know, have a social basis with, with Greek life, live with runners and find a balance before it was like, you know, your four years are done and you're out. So I had a little bit more of a, a soft transition, but what I can share is that one, that transition, even those, that final year of college, when I did transition was really tough. I, I struggled with identity, um, even just how to kind of keep my, my physical health up because I was so used to being on a strict regimen through my sport. So even going from being fully independent and just autonomous in that way and getting so many hours in my day back, I had to kind of relearn time management skills, um, in the sense of not having someone telling me what to do. You know, that was just a transition that I think was harder than I expected. And, I figured it out. Right. I think time management is such an important skill that you have in athletics baked in because someone's telling you to do it. And I think that was actually a harder transition for me than I thought. I assumed I was good at time management because I was an athlete, 
but it was hard to not have a coach telling me what to do, um, what, you know, what to eat, um, you know, setting goals for me. And, and I've always been told by coaches, she's very coachable, but as someone, right. Being an independent adult, you don't really have anyone telling you, you know, this is how you're going to run your day. Um, and so I think that's where the professional development and just even, even, uh, you know, like personal development skills for athletes is so needed is that I think a lot of us athletes relied heavily on the structure of a strict regimen of being really committed to something that when we're opened up to the world, you know, we func- we have functioned at such a high level of excellence um, inside our sport. But then when we don't have that same coach or mentor or that specific, very tangible goal in, you know, in that first year out of school, that can be really difficult. Um, but it's also a huge opportunity to see, okay, you know, I, I really enjoyed this function or I had a strong mentor as a coach. I want to go outside and I, I need to find that in my professional career. So building mentorship and, and mentors and networking was crucial to me for find those, finding those people I could turn to, to kind of help me then develop the autonomy and trust in myself that, oh, I don't need a coach to tell me what to do, what job to apply for, how to ad- advocate for a promotion, um, how to advocate for a salary, salary nego- negotiation. But I think that that trusting yourself um, and those and those uh, confidence skills are are a big learning curve for athletes. And I think there's a huge need to support athletes there, as well as what you said around, I think, financial literacy of just having having so much um, support, you know, with a college and then going into managing finances and, and the day-to-day of a nine to five and, and that schedule and, and the personal budgeting that comes with that. There's um, I think a huge gap, but I think one thing for me that was crucial in, in bridging that gap was figuring out t- time management and having mentors I could turn to when I didn't have the answers. And then thirdly, not being afraid to, to share and articulate what I didn't know. So if I felt really in, like unconfident in, um, right. How to, how to file my tax returns or how to, um, right. How I was going to ask for that yearly raise or something that I could self-educate, but also again, turn, turn to people. Um, but I think there's a huge opportunity for more structured training and support, um, even among athletes of just sharing that shared kind of pain point. Yeah. And then, I mean, again, you're, I think you're spot on of just, um, you know, kind of going through that, but it, you gave up some really good points there, uh, which is important for you know our listeners and, and viewers to to uh, pick up on. So let's um, now you're done with sports and you're into the uh, into the work world, and we talked a little bit. You got into marketing sales. Talk a little bit about that, and then ultimately uh, to your journey of where you're at today. Um, you know, with what you're doing as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I was lucky enough out of school. I graduated and moved to San Francisco and, and like you said, kind of started in marketing and sales. Um, but I, around my, you know, second job out of school, I actually started working with a recruiter who specifically worked with former student athletes and athletes. Um, and I got connected to learn it, which is, uh, I worked for, for the last almost nearly four years, uh, for four and a half years, um, and started in sales there and always loved working with people. I think that's one thing I found of being an athlete and being a team captain is 
love being people facing, love engaging, um, having conversations with folk. And so I thought sales would be kind of a natural role for me. Um, and I had a great mentor in Damon Lumby, the founder of Learn It. And he kind of, and we realized about six months in, I was really struggling in sales. I was, my confidence was down. I wasn't quite hitting my numbers. Um, I was like, wow, I'm failing for the first time ever as an athlete. I was like, I've had these goals. I've been able to meet them. Um, but I'm, I'm fully failing in this role. Um, and I had a great mentor and, and also had someone that helped me identify that I'm super passionate about community building and events. And I was able to pivot those skills inside learn it, uh, to build, a a big online community um, for Learn It that makes professional development and mindfulness um, skills uh, more accessible to everybody. So had the opportunity to build a community there, um, host thought leadership events uh, and speak with people like Rob. So just get connected to really like-minded people in in this space um, and have now, now really excited to be after a lot of travel uh, and and tapping into my passions of surfing, yoga, all those things of starting my own business, um, really as a consultant around uh, events and community building. So using community and events as a way to really help organizations build health and wellness programs and learning and development programs for their employees. Uh, so Again, I just want to share with student athletes of if you fail at your first or second job out of school, that's okay. You're not going to succeed at everything you did. If anything, I fell flat on my face, um, but I had really great mentors and people that could help me look honestly at what was going on and also help me get creative about what other solutions there, there could be that maybe weren't written on paper or you know something I could chase and but something that I could kind of create and design for myself. And I think that's where the entrepreneurial kind of spirit of athletes comes in is if you can find people and that can help you, you already have the drive and, and that entrepreneurial spirit, if you can help find the people and the confidence to transform those skills, um, to create something of your own. Um, I think that that can be a really powerful force for athletes because, we're such driven, uh, you know, pretty hardworking people. So sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Uh, that, that's the key right there. It's the, the, uh, just that whole drive, um, that, that, that athletes have. And I think, um, just to, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you want to be successful in, in corporate America, just, you know, be open to these different possibilities and, and utilize that skill set. I was talking to one guy and he talked about, you know, when he was done college football, he got into the work world and ultimately he became a CEO, uh, successful CEO for a couple of companies. And just um, he just implored athletes, utilize that skill set, all these things that we've been talking about today. So uh, this has been great. Uh, tell people how they can find you. Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, you can absolutely connect with me via email, carlyletts at gmail.com or via LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Carly Lutz and I would love, love, love to connect with everybody here. So thank you so much, Rob, and can't wait to keep, um, keep growing with alumni direct and, and everything you're building and the community space there. I just super passionate about, about community online community and right. Getting us more in person as we're, we can be in person again, which is such a gift. So, um, super excited about everything you're building and to be a part of it. 
Well, thank you. And I, I really appreciate it. And you can find us at alumnidirect.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. But more importantly, follow the show. You can find us on our YouTube channel, the Alumni Direct YouTube channel, as well as all across the different podcast networks. But we really want to make an impact and help athletes out. It's, it's such a, a major issue. But I think you know having people like Carly and other athletes we've had can be um, very important to uh, impacting it. So uh, thanks again. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next show.